Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and today I'm super excited to welcome Wendy Rapay, Chair, Children's Book Council of Australia, Member Director, New South Wales Children's Book Council of Australia, and Vice President, Children's Book Council of Australia, New South Wales Branch. Welcome, Wendy. That is a very impressive bio. <laughs> oh, thank you. It just means I work a long, lot of hours for um, volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> well, they sound very important. I know they're very important roles. Can you tell us a bit about those roles, um, particularly at the CBCA and what you do? Yeah, so basically, um, predominantly at the moment, I'm the national chair, which means we have a board. And the board um, looks after certain core activities for the CBCA. We look after the awards, um, the Book of the Year awards, all the administration, judging. We look after that whole process. Uh, we produce and design and distribute the merchandise that celebrates uh, Book Week. And we organise a national conference um, every two years, supposed to be, although it was supposed to be this year and now it's next year, which, um, yeah, so juggling all of that. Um, predominantly the national uh, board is there to support the, the branches. So people who don't know about the CBCA would know um, there's a branch in every state and um, they are really the community-facing element of the CBCA, run all the events. Um, but the CBCA National Office is there to support them and provide them with um, the collateral, the um, partnerships, 
you know, as I said, we produce the merchandise, which is great for revenue, but also for engagement and advocacy. So, yeah, we're we're like I like to call us the the service part of the CBCA for our branches, and almost like the um, the head office of, say, a group of franchises. We're there mm. to you know support them. Mm. So it's quite a, a busy office and. The board directors are all volunteers. It's a working board. And um, we each have our particular areas of focus. Um, I became the chair of the board back in November uh, 2020. So that was probably right in the middle of a lot of change, um, both globally, locally, but also for the CBCA, Mm. just trying to consolidate and get our branches working as one and um yeah it's been an interesting year but boy we've had our challenges yes and it looks like still a few challenges to come as well now tell me what book week looks like i mean we're both in lockdown um in new south wales tell me what book week looks like for cbca when you're dealing with these kind of challenges yeah we had to make the difficult call a couple of, well, probably a few weeks ago now. Um, last year, the uh, board, and I wasn't on that board then, but they decided back in March, I guess, 2020, to move Book Week and the awards up to October. Um, and I had some calls this year over the last few weeks saying, are we moving it again? And we just felt strongly that we needed to stick with um, the dates that we'd set, um, mainly because I wanted to keep it, there just wasn't enough time to change a lot of um, a lot of what we do. So we we wanted to keep the awards and book week as close together as possible. Um, what we learnt last year was that people you know celebrate book week when they can and when it's safe to do so. So we trust that that will happen this year, and we certainly encourage everybody to party and celebrate whenever they can but you know for us it's really important for us to keep the book of the year awards and book week at least in the hearts and minds of people quite closely together um, just so that you know as an organization we keep our focus Mm -hmm. and um, really quite happy for everybody as I said to celebrate when when it's safe and and that's quite okay, which they did last year. That's what we learnt, that, you know, people are quite flexible and we all have to be right now. So, um, yeah. And we can't wait to celebrate things when we're allowed to celebrate. I've got to say, as a, a parent of young children myself, yeah. Book Week is my absolute favourite week of the year and yeah. you know, we, we love getting our costumes together. So whenever we can do that, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be on it. On their verandas, dressed up in their, um, in their costumes, cheering. At absolutely. 12 o'clock on Friday, that would be just absolutely awesome. If I had the powers that um, the government has in terms of that 11 o'clock announcement every day, I would be out there saying, let's do it, everybody. Let's get in our onesies and just just cheer away to mm-hmm. the creatives who really, you know, they're suffering <clears throat> a lot. This, You know, I really feel for them. And part of the CBCA is to support them and to celebrate them. And, you know, not having book week again, not being able to go out to schools and talk and meet their readers and inspire their readers, that's really quite um, disheartening. So 
you know, anything that we can do to cheer them along over book week would be fabulous. Mm. Um, yeah, Absolutely. get out there and cheer loud. Absolutely. And buy their books. Go out, you know, get and some online shopping done and buy all your favourite authors' books. Yeah. And obviously this podcast yeah. is a huge advocate for, for our authors as well. So that's what we do too. We celebrate all the authors here as well. So yeah. We definitely thank you for all your efforts in, in celebrating the authors. Thank you. <laughs> now, can you tell us about the awards announcement, 20th of August, very, very close. Please tell us about all these exciting awards that are coming up. Yeah, um, so this Friday at 12 noon, we make our Book of the Year announcement, which is the winners and the honour books. Um, the CBCA work really hard and the judges work really hard across a year reading as many books as the publishers and authors like to nominate for them to read. And that's, you know, up to close to 500 books this year. So um, they read those, they judge those, they discuss them. They apply our criteria to look at um, character and place and the beautiful use of language, what the package of the book looks like, what it feels like. So they, they spend a lot of time doing that. Then in February they get together and announce the, um, the long list. I was hoping it could be the top 100, but it didn't quite make the top 100 <laughs> this year, but maybe next year I can, can wrangle that. I love Ooh. the idea of a top 100. Yes, um, why? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then in March they um, announce their uh, shortlist. And so in August we get to hear what they feel are the winner and honour books. So that's happening this Friday at 12 noon. And everybody can tune in, whether you're at home or school or in the car or anywhere. You can um, tune in to cbca.org.au. And it will be there'll be uh, an announcement there. We've had to um, rely entirely on a virtual announcement again this year, so there will be a film there announcing, and that's being created by our South Australian CBCA branch. So it's a lovely um, piece of work that celebrates South Australia and also their creatives, and it announces our winners as well. Our winners and honour books. Fantastic. It's a big day for us. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, I want to know, you've talked a little bit about judging. What is What goes on behind those closed doors or what are you looking for? Tell me some secrets in the judging room. <laughs> well, I was very lucky as the chair. You get to chair that judging conference. Um, and, 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 and it is really, really um a privilege to do that, to hear our judges, they argue, they're passionate, they discuss. Um, we do have quite a strict criteria and that is available on our website. Um, but essentially it's, well, you can say it's a great story and a great story is one that would have strong, authentic characters that, you know, um, there's kind of, uh, I would say, well, I guess they stick with the reader. Strong character. Um, the place that is set is a strong place that's well-developed and believable and authentic again. Um, language, the use of um, literary language and quality language, language that um, sings, I guess. 
So they're looking at a lot of those elements. How that all fits together in a wonderful kind of puzzle is, is really what they're looking for, how it all hangs together, whether it has a great plot that is consistent um, and also uh, the package. So it also, I come from a um, publishing background myself. So I've worked a lot in graphic design and editing and production and it, and it, and it's very difficult to sometimes tease that out, but you know what a great book feels like. You know what quality looks like. You, you, it feels great. It looks great. I've just got the um, Jacqueline Moriarty's um, book on the short mm. list. So you know that what that feels like. It's, it's wonderful. Mm. So uh, illustration cover, end papers, all those sorts of beautiful things that um, really make this a uh, really quality package. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that they have, that mm. they talk about. Um, and, and yeah, it comes to, down to some really interesting, intriguing conversations and lots of voting. <laughs> I love that. I love all of that. And I love the really specific criteria about great characters and great story and beautiful language, all that. But then I love so much the feel of a book. I mean, Yes. You can't explain the feel of a book when you feel this beautiful book with a cover and sometimes it's got yeah. embossing or it's a hard cover yeah. or the weight of it, yeah. even the weight of the pages. I mean, I just get really excited yeah. about this yeah. stuff. And, and great editing as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm always very passionate, obviously. Um, it's from where I've come from but and, and it's the work I do, but it's, it's wonderful that... Uh, we we talk about that and we talk about the creation of a book as a as a team effort. You know, mm. people say you know it's it's print and paper. It's so not. It's all about people coming together. You know, um, working really really hard to make this the best possible thing that they could. So um, yeah, it's that's making books and that's beautiful. Yeah. It is. I love it. So I love that. I love it when I get books in the mail. The first thing I do is feel them and open them and touch them and smell them. So it's an important part. Yeah. It's an important part of the process, I think. It is. And, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, people will say to me, oh, I didn't even notice that. And honestly, some people don't. But they know when the whole package comes together and that's yeah, really exactly. the, strength, the strength of what the judges um um do they mm. it's the total package i agree but I, but i also think if you're not a huge book nerd like us almost those things should be invisible to the reader you know so those yeah. beautiful things they yeah. should all come together in a beautiful package so you just know you've enjoyed the experience and maybe you don't know why and yeah. that's okay because the invisible things yeah. are the things that are making it special and making it working yeah that's what i kind of call a seamless mm. seamless authenticity um you know it's 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 often an intangible but you know when it works yeah it's absolutely. like putting on that favorite jumper or favorite scarf or whatever you just know yeah you know it's working i love that we could just nerd out about yeah. the feel of books all night but we'll move on unfortunately oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now while we're talking about I short go on yeah. oh i could too <laughs> now tell me about some of the shortlisted books and what's got you really excited Oh, gosh. Um, I'm actually in um, lockdown. Um, so 
I am out of Sydney. Um, I moved house on the day of lockdown. Wow. And um, the idea was that we were going to set up a life 50-50 in a rural property and in the city. So what happened is we moved out of our house. We dumped boxes into our city vault hole, stayed there one night and decided that we had to, to get out and come up to the rural property, which needs a lot more care and attention. And unfortunately, I was in the middle of reading the um, one of the books that is my favourite, I think, <laughs> on the, um, the older reader category. I absolutely love The End of the World is Bigger Than Love. But I can hand on heart tell you I don't know how it ends because <laughs> it is sitting on my bedside table in Sydney and it's frustrating the hell out of me that I don't know how it ends. But it is one of those books. That is like, I don't know, it's an amazing creation and I don't know where Davina got that from. Wow. Um, yeah, it's incredible. If you look at the CBCA uh, shortlist on our website, then you can click on the read more buttons under each, each book and you'll see there that Davina has actually sent us in some of her photographic inspiration for the book. Um, so when I talked about place before, I could absolutely see and feel that place that she created, that island mm. that she created in that book. And she talks wow. about, um, she has a photo there that you can go and check out of the, um, a cathedral that is covered in um, trees and things. And that was her inspiration for this place. But to be able to actually express that and get a reader to actually feel and smell and and be there in it is is amazing so i mm. love that book but i don't know how it ends <laughs> that is frustrating and it's funny because i just spoke to um caris from cbc a victoria and she mentioned that book as well and said it was this magical incredible book so i'm very excited to read that and i hope you get to finish yours soon <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Karis was Karis is one of our judges on that category, um, and probably one of her other favourites, which she talked about, was um, metal fish falling snow. Yes, um, I've never heard a judge or a person just so passionate about such an amazing book. So, um, yeah, I think the older readers um, shortlist is incredibly strong, incredibly strong this year. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so exciting it's yeah it's so yeah, exciting because i know karis she as as yourself probably she reads so many books a year and when you can get still so really excited about those handful of books i mean that that's a special moment i think yeah yeah it is um it's very very special and it's wonderful that we've got these incredibly passionate um judges and that, i mean that's the other thing about the judges I'll go on, on about them. But, you know, they're at the coalface, a lot of them, and they see what reaction a book has with a reader. So that's also a little bit of a litmus test that we've got um, up our sleeve in terms of understanding what will switch young readers on. Mm. Um, we talked a lot, a lot about packaging before. So obviously one of my favourite categories is the picture book category. Um, and uh, there are just so many beautiful books on on that short list as well. One of my favourites um, is Your Birthday Was the Best. 
by um, Maggie Hutchings. It is, it is hilarious and so original to, to think that somebody is thinking about how a cockroach going to a party actually interprets that party through their eyes and their experience. Um, so it really had a huge impact on me, that book, and I just love it. And I've got a totally different relationship with cockroaches now. Wow. Um, often it's just seeing them as, as really interesting, curious creatures. Mm. Yes. So, is, I um, mean, you had me at, you know, the originality and uniqueness of that book, and I am I really, really have quite a dislike of cockroaches, so I think I need to get it and, and you know, have a new perspective. Yes. <laughs> and some of the illustrations are quite gross. Which I think there's one there's one illustration of him in a vacuum cleaner bag, I think, from memory. Um, Clever. And just having a ball because he's got all the fingernails to chew on. He's like all the fluff, and it's like birthday is the best. I just think, wow, that is so original and incredible. I love it. I remember. Yeah, I remember coming down the stairs not long after that to finding a cockroach lying on its back in my kitchen thinking, what the hell, you know? These creatures can crawl anywhere. They do all sorts of things, but they cannot get off their back. (laughs) They can, you know, survive explosions, but you can't get off your back. We all have our limitations, Wendy. (laughs) Yes. I'm definitely getting my hands oh, on love the book. That sounds amazing. I love that. My kids are going to love that. Now tell me, yeah. we've, got, we've got so many exciting things to tell me in this short amount of time. Tell me about these 75 Years Book of Year Awards. Yes. So, so, so proud to be sitting in the chair position for the 75th um, Book of the Year Awards. is an absolute achievement. And so I've been looking back at the 75-year list, which the lovely and amazing, um, uh, can I say, one of the important founders of the CBCA, Margaret Hamilton, keeps up to date, and that's on our website as well, and you can look at that. But obviously I've been looking at it a lot lately, and it's just incredible to look back over the 75 years and see names that, you know, you see now, but they've also been on our list for a while. Um, you see back 75 years that, you know, there were years where there were no awards. They, nothing was good enough for the judges. And that kind of makes me proud as well because, you know, what you see over the 75 years is this industry that didn't exist back in 1946. A lot of the writers were um, published in the UK still or edited in the UK. We really hadn't... Um, founded this amazing industry that you and I are all part of now. And and that's incredible to think that over that 75 years, we've grown this amazing, um, you know, talent. And, you know, that I said to the judges at the judging conference, you know, we want this judge judging to be as hard as possible for you. Um, and it is. It's really hard now because, you know, all these slots are full on all the awards. There's no vacancies. And, um, and that's amazing that the quality now is so high. Um, uh, also on the, um, you know, you've got um, people who are on the shortlist now who have been on, you know, our lists before. 
illustrators like Matt, Matt Otley, authors like Libby Hathorne. And it's just really fantastic to see how they've moved around and grown with us as well. And, and I think that, you know, now we have the most incredible, vibrant, healthy um, children's publishing industry. And that's something that the CBCA has definitely ha um, been responsible for. The Book of the Year Awards are one of those um, awards that the publishers just love because it does translate to sales. So um, it's, it's all about growing that industry. And we've done an incredible job over the 75 years. Mm, absolutely. And, um, and I mentioned Margaret Hamilton before, but she's one of the founders of our uh, CBCA Awards Foundation, which we should all be supporting whenever we can with donations um, because back in 2012 is when that started. Um, the community raised a million dollars to establish that foundation and that really is now what they invest and look after and nurture so that the uh, creatives do get a prize now rather than originally uh, the men got a handshake and the women got a camellia um, for their um, awards. But now, you know, um, it's just really incredible the story of the CBCA with 75 years and just um, you know, in this vibrant industry. It's incredible. Mm, it is. And I feel so lucky to be on this side of it, you know, when you've achieved so much and we are part of this beautiful kid lit and literary industry in Australia, which is so very supportive of each other. And we're spoilt for choice yeah. with the quality of work that's coming out. So I feel so fortunate to be, you know, here now at where CBCA has come and where Australian literature has come now. So we're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Now I want to know a little bit about your story before we go, Wendy, you have worked in publishing, you have all these amazing roles in CBCA, you've done some wonderful work to make sure that, you know, authors and creators are heard and celebrated. Tell me how your love of literature began. Hmm. How it began. Well, it's a long time ago. <laughs> 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 um, I just turned 62 and um, when I was probably three, I think it was, I said to um, my family, they said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want a fat book of poetry. Um, and that sounds particularly nerdy now that I say Lo it. No, I love but, it. <laughs> um, I got the Robbie Louis, Louis Stevenson Garden of Verses book. Um, and I still have that on my shelf. Um, so I just loved um, read aloud what it sounded like. I really loved um, and I would bury myself always in stories. But, you know, it's the language, how it, how it, and very often I'll just read it aloud. And I have two girls, um, one 21 and 25, and best part of my life was those two stories every night. Um, getting to read those aloud is incredible. So, yeah, I love to read, um, love good writing and good stories. Probably my, I've got a slight bias towards historical fiction, I think, but historical fiction with a great story, not a fantasy fiction, but something where I really get immersed in a different world. Um, but I do like a slightly historic um, mm. 
story. Yeah, I've um, I've really loved Kate Forsyth's historical fiction. Whenever I read any of her books, I feel like completely lost in her stories, and I feel like I'm there no matter what decade it is, or what century it is, or what place I'm there the whole time. She does that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn something. I mean, you absolutely, you know, you learn, and it doesn't feel like you're learning at all. It's just a fully immersive mm. experience, which. You know, and then you can pull out at um, various trivial pursuit moments. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way to learn history. I don't want to learn history about dried dates in an encyclopedia. No, No, thank you. (laughs) Although I will say, I will say that this encyclopedia, which is also on the short list. Oh, yes. The Sammy Bailey Encyclopedias. um, Fantastic. One of those books that you feel and touch and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, actually got them for my children, the ugly one, the ugly animals, the dangerous animals. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. my kids loved the ugly ones. <laughs> and what a, what a brilliant, brilliant author she is, an illustrator, so passionate. So, yes, I do love our Eve Parnell information books category. Yeah, no, they're beautiful books. They really are. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. I have just really enjoyed our chat and I love the work that the CBCA are doing and the work that you're doing as well. And can't wait till the 20th to hear about those books. Can't wait to get my hands on those beautiful shortlist books you keep talking about. I'm actually going to go online and get that cockroach one right now. (laughs) I'm going to have that in my hands. And everybody, you can dress up as one even for book week. So that's... (laughs) I never thought I was going to dress up as a cockroach, but here we are. Yes. I'm going to have to do the vacuum bag though thing. I think I'm going to have to dress as a cockroach and then make a vacuum bag over it. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Yeah, you can't can't go halfway with your book week costumes, Wendy. You have to go, you have to... Find the limit Absolutely. and then you go push commit. the limit. Yeah, commit, push the limit. Commit. I do that to my kids every year. They're like, can I do this? I'm like, well, only if we do this and this and then this and then yes. this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.